Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What's up, everyone? Let me tell you about a company called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Sports Scramble. I am your co-host, Chet, joined by my, only two of my three counterparts with Wade and Tyler. Mr. Futch had to work his lovely night job at the Home Depot, uh, so we may be getting some free lumber later to build maybe build us a little sports field. How are y'all doing tonight? Yes, I might need some uh, plants for my garden that I'll be putting down shortly. <laughs> Well, it's wonderful weather to do it, Tyler. It's a crisp yeah, night. Well, I, I might have a very major sunburn of all this heat that we're having, but I think I'll be back. Yes. Speaking of heat, let's talk about the Wade's Friends of Baton Rouge Airport Invitational he played in. Was the boomstick brought out? The boomstick was there, and so was the sun. Talk about hot. Oh, my goodness. It was a blazing 90 degrees, and the water was evaporating right off the grass all afternoon. But it was a great golf tournament supporting um, the airport and their charitable uh, organizations. So I had a great time playing some golf uh, with my coworkers and a few community members. Uh, Sports-related-wise, I did get to play with uh, the former Southern University baseball coach. And he's a member of the National Baseball Hall of Fame and was able to tell me some really cool stories about his friend Hank Aaron, um, most notably, and uh, just his experiences being a coach of uh, Division One baseball and a short time um, of his professional journey as well. He played actually in Charleston, where I'm from, uh, so that was pretty cool to talk about. And, um, you know, it was just cool to really hear from someone that works in baseball professionally because, you know, we might 
we might play the part here on this show, but uh, by no means are we professionals. We're all good at other things. Uh, Tyler's the closest thing we got to a professional sportsman, but uh, me and Chet are really just nerds uh, that like sports. You got so, that right. <laughs> it was a very good experience uh, to hear from Coach Kadar uh, and then play some golf as well alongside him. I uh, had some, some good holes. I was uh, really happy with my work on some of the par threes. I finally got that eight iron working for me. Uh, as y'all know, it's usually in. only the driver. Yeah. Well, how, how did uh, the coach's baseball swing translate into a golf swing? Was, uh, I would, I would was... say he's getting paid for his baseball swing. Okay. Well, we might have to try to get in touch with him and have him on sometime. Here's some old war stories about the old baseball. I heard he told you a, a little story about how the, I believe they do it down at the Dominican Republic with those 13 year olds getting ready for MLB, MLB drafts. So, you know, he didn't single out one country. I guess he just said at the foreign showcase events, we'll leave it at that, uh, that they, yes, they're much more loose on um, conditioning and supplements. Yeah. Uh, getting those guys ready for the MLB draft. And, uh, you know, yeah. here in the U.S., that's not the case. And you, you mentioned uh, the water evaporating right off the green. Uh, I played uh, a round of golf this weekend myself. When I started, uh, we, we had a 7.30 tee time. The uh, the ground was very wet with all of the morning dew. By about 9 o'clock, the green speed had completely changed because it was slick as a bone. There was no water on the ground, and it's just it's tough playing in those conditions when you've been putting for, you know, seven holes, and it's it's a little slower than all of a sudden you barely tap a putt, and you're blowing it by looking like Scotty Scheffler in the Masters just missing <laughs> hole after hole four putting. So, but, uh, you know, speaking of crazy weather, the Wells Fargo tournament this weekend, it rained for like two straight days. And these guys had to play in just a monsoon. Luckily, most of them packed uh, some rain gear. So you got there playing in rain jackets, rain pants. Uh, you got two gloves on because the clubs are so slick. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine or I can't remember a time the three of us played in some bad weather because uh, anytime it started raining, I was worried we were going to get electrocuted holding that big metal rod in our hands. So you know, that one time, I think it was like Matt Jones came over to Baton Rouge where I feel like I was going to get let shot out. Like, ice. All, all, all the sirens were going off. And yes. all the, we, just had to, we just had to drive all the way back. To, we were like, hmm, should we continue going with all these lightning strikes or should we yes. try to put one in the hole? <laughs> yeah. You, you got to finish the game. I mean, I think, I think we made it through nine holes and got our rain check. Shout out to the LSU golf course for putting player safety uh, as a, as a, what's the word I'm looking for? Priority. Hierarchy. Yes, priority. priority. But uh, yeah, when all, when all laddie ice came into town, I do remember that. It was a beautiful day and then the rain just came out of nowhere, lightning popping. That's we were... Louisiana weather for you. It can be sunny like one hour and then the next hour it could be like a tornado over you. Yeah. And one thing, you know, with that, I want to touch on golf's definitely a, a physical game, an environmental game, but I think the majority of the game's got to come down to a, it's a mind game, your positive mindset, keeping that right headspace. Um, you know, that's one thing Max Homa talked about, which led him to win. Uh, they asked what was the key to, key to success, and it's, he said it's something uh, his caddy told him before the round: take a deep breath, slow down. So I tried to carry that over in my game this weekend. Uh, keep that positive mindset. You know, you might hit a bad driver. That's okay. Recover. Let's try to make a par or a bogey. 
and be fine. Um, and I did that up until the 14th hole when I bladed a chip about 100 yards over the green, and that that was it. I tripled. I had back-to-back triple bogeys two du- and two double bogeys to finish out the round, going from like a 13 over to a 26 over. So if those numbers add up, something like that. Uh, but yeah, no, keeping that positive mindset on the golf course is a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do in life, especially. But, uh, you know, golf is just crazy mental game. I know both of us, or all three of us, have seen the seen the ups and downs of the golf. But And if Futch was here, he'd, he'd probably give us some tips with his PGA uh, career taking off here. I think there's more ups than downs with his golf career, though, compared to ours. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he's got he's to teach those high school students um, yeah. the, the middle side of things. And it must be working because uh, I got the word from him that one of the players plays second uh, in the state championship as a, I believe he was a sophomore going up against seniors, runner up. So big things ahead for uh, old Will. Uh, but, you know, looking ahead in the golf world, we've got the AT&T Byron Nelson, which I don't think most people know what that golf tournament is. A lot of people know it as the week weekend before the PGA championship, uh, which a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the top names are getting ready. You've got Scotty Scheffler, obviously the favorite to win. I think he was. Uh, You're gonna like, put uh, some money on him again. I don't know. I should have. Maybe not for this one. Uh, for this Byron Nelson because he's only seven hundred to one odds. Not much of a payout there. Uh, but Scotty's followed up by your guy JT. Uh, old Jordan Thomas, second place odds, and then Justin Xander Shoffley. Yeah. Xander Shoffley having uh rounded out the third third favorite to win. Who had Xander and uh, old Patrick Cantlay won it down in in New Orleans a few weeks ago. Um, so we'll see what comes out of that. I'm definitely picking Scotty Scheffler to win. I don't know if I'll put any money on it just because it's not a big payout. Uh, but speaking of, of golfers, Tiger and or Tyler informed me before the show we had the old. Tiger Woods officially on the announcement for the PGA Championship. What do you, what do you think of that, Tyler? I definitely am going to be watching that. Obviously, this is going to be a second uh, major tournament. The first one was the Masters. I believe he's going to do the Open Championship. That's what you told me. Is that still correct? Uh, yeah, you know, nothing's confirmed. I think he's just trying to play all four majors. It's probably what the rest of his career is going to be like, considering the, the leg injury and you know, he may play some pro-ams for charity here and now and then. Uh, but I think we're going to see Tiger in the majority of the majors. Another person who was, I don't know if he's confirmed yet, but he's been back and forth. We talked about it last week with the Live Golf, uh, Phil Mickelson. So if I'm Phil, you know, he's a defending PGA champion. I think he's definitely going to be there. I'm telling the PGA, whatever Tiger holds his pre-round press conference, Put me at the same time so nobody pays any attention or asks me any hard questions about all the stuff that's going on with him, <laughs> all the drama. Just go ahead and avoid that completely if I'm Phil Mickelson. Um, but no, it would be it'd be interested to see them both tee it up. Yeah, speaking of the live golf, uh, I could see Sergio Garcia. He seems to be had enough of the tours. I don't know if you saw that about what happened about the, his the officials about the them having trouble with the clock starting like not on yeah. time. I, I saw that, uh, you know, I saw it briefly over the weekend um, with, it was something he hit a, he hit a ball out of bounds or into a deep rough. Uh, yeah. They were, they were looking for it and the officials started the clock um, and then was not aware that a spectator found the ball. So he kept the clock running mm-hmm. instead of stopping it. So by the time Sergio hit his shot, he was over the time limit. I believe they had to add a stroke 
which he was not very happy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did hear on the old PGA Tour radio this afternoon that there the possibility to link Sergio going to the Live Tour. So we'll see. I think uh, it's going to shake up some things. We might see Mr. Futch on the Live, Live Tour golf uh, if he if he doesn't qualify for the PGA. And if that's the case, he needs a three-man caddy team because their Heck payout yeah. will be millions of dollars. We're moving to Dubai. Yeah. Now broadcasting live from Dubai. <laughs> so speaking of a crazy payouts, I don't know if anybody watched the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Uh, you know, we don't typically talk about sport uh, horse racing on the show, but we had to talk about uh, the horse Rich Strike. They talk about Rich. What a name for that one. 80 to 1 odds. A last second entry into the race. Uh, they He replaced a horse who was who would, was uh, excused out, I believe, for health issues. Threw him in there. 80 to 1 odds. Ended up winning it. To come from behind win on the final yeah. lap. I don't know if y'all have seen that video. The the guy's got Horse like had some giddy up, that's all I know. Yeah, he was bobbing and weaving, looking like Wade driving through the Baton Rouge traffic right there. <laughs> so, I mean, too like, soon, too soon. <laughs> yeah, Wade had a little bit of a fender bender last week, but we won't talk too much about that. But, uh, I mean, bobbing and weaving through those horses, it was insane. And I believe the horse that finished second, uh, Epicenter, I might be incorrect, but I believe that that was the horse that was on there. Old Mattress Mac from Houston put one and a half million dollars on him to win. So I bet you he was a little upset with that. Chet, did you get your mattress from Mattress Mac? He's the I, uh, <laughs> proud businessman of your community. I did not. I believe he runs a deal when the Astros win the World <laughs> Series that he throws out some free mattresses. So I'm going to have to wait on that one. Well, no mattresses last year. No. Well, well considering he puts like five million dollars on every playoff game, I think he can afford a few mattresses. Yeah. If yeah, he were to win, he's just got money laying around that he can give away. Yeah, it's, he uh, uh, walked into the race with a gold briefcase uh, <laughs> before placing that bet. So the guy's got swag. He's got the money to back it up. Uh, good old Mattress Mac. It's crazy that you sell that much money or make that much money with the mattresses. Uh, I know he's got some car dealerships, but starting to think there might be a little bit going on hey, behind the scenes there. Who knows? Mattresses, money laundering. It's a big conspiracy. <laughs> You buy a mattress, it might have some not legal things inside of that mattress when you get home. <laughs> Who knows? I might have to go go to the mattress store and might search around. Yeah, see if see if I can buy a mattress full of cash. Wouldn't that be something? That would be nice. That would maybe be. Go reinvest it. Yeah, reinvest it on some horses or something. Uh, but I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. Kentucky Derby being such a big event every year, everybody gets nice and dressed up. Uh, I wanted to ask if if we ever got the chance to go to the Kentucky Derby, what are y'all's suits looking like? What are you rocking? Because you know really you got to like be a, loud. Honestly, gotta... like a, I'm thinking like obviously I'm seeing like a lot of bright colors. So probably like a full on sky blue with like okay. like a fedora with like a little feather coming out of it. Okay, okay, probably some black dress shoes. Okay, okay. Wait, you're the man that's always got. Got the finesse with the outfits. What are you rocking to the Kentucky Derby? I don't know. I mean, Kentucky, I think of, you know, a gingham blue uh, blazer, maybe an entire suit with uh, basically blue and white with, um, you know, small squares, gingham pattern, Uh, you know, flashy but classy. Maybe go pastel undershirt. Flashy but classy. I like like that. Yeah, Yeah, no, I'm definitely thinking – 
I'm going on with the light blue train of Tyler. We're starting to spring color. It's an easy yeah. spring color, but pinstripes. Okay. Pinstripe suit, okay? With the light, the blue what and the white. So seersucker. No, seersucker. Yeah, seersucker suit. Blue and white seersucker. Um, and probably a nice little pocket square. Maybe a pink pocket square with a, a light pink sh- shirt underneath. I don't know. We'll have to see if we're ever fortunate enough to get to get tickets to the Kentucky Derby, and we could we could pull out all the stops for the sports <laughs> scramble, just yes. like we'd be pulling out all the stops at Futch's uh, PGA Tour event if he if he gets us those media passes. So yeah, hopefully shout he gets out to media the... passes for that, and you know we can give y'all you know a little access to how uh, Jacobs is doing. Maybe we can put some videos on our Twitter feed. Yeah, as well. we we gotta keep shouting out Futch since we miss him tonight. You know yeah. he's hauling that wood around. Answering questions from the the seventy year old ladies that are coming in asking about where's the painting. So I I actually sent Fletch a few texts a few weeks ago. I was buying some sod for my backyard, needed his professional input. He didn't respond, so I was a little upset about that. Uh, but Maybe you know, I, I understand that he's very busy over there at the Home Depot. So, but uh, you know, switch gears a little bit to some NFL talk. Last week's show, we talked about uh, the Honey Badger going back and forth with the Saints. It is confirmed. He signed, of course, about an hour after we finished recording. I believe, uh, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, three-year, $33 million deal. That is correct. And I think it was uh, $18 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I don't think that's be... honestly what he was asking for. I think he was more on the line of $40 million, But, I mean, it was probably hometown discount. I would have to believe that the Saints got him. And, I mean, it's an easy – I think it was an easy yes for him. Obviously, I think uh, that was his only visit. That's what he said. I mean, he's – Pretty much after the all season, ever since the Chiefs uh, got knocked out, uh, he's been in New Orleans this whole entire off season. Right, and so I think he wanted to come back home. Uh, he embodies the New Orleans culture so well with everything he's been through uh, from his early days at LSU, getting suspended, kicked off the team, coming back, and just being one of the more dominant safeties in the NFL. Uh, the Saints secondary though is looking pretty nice. They're going to beat up on Wade's Carolina Panthers this year. Everybody's going to beat up on the Panthers. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, you've got Marshawn Lattimore, the Honey Badger. Uh, what is the Jets guy we signed? Marcus uh, May. Marcus, Marcus May. May. And then on the other side, you've got, uh, I believe it's Debo. Yeah, Debo. Uh, Austin Debo. Yeah. He had a yeah. pretty good rookie season last year. Yeah, so I think uh, that secondary is going to be looking nice to, to uh, pair with our our stout defensive line this year, it's, it's going to be, you know, trying to remain on un- Mario Davis in the middle too. Exactly. Now, speaking of Demario Davis, uh, I don't know if, if y'all caught the, the four play boys barstool uh, video from the Zurich classic. They were sponsors of the Zurich classic and they were paired up with Sean Payton and Demario Davis in the celebrity uh, pro-am Demario Davis uh, to put it nicely, was blessed with the NFL ability, not so much the golf ability. Oh, he so it's a, you don't it's have to a, worry about a good golf game. He has a good football game in yeah. mind. Sean Payton, though, he's a he's a player. He uh he's got a good short game there. He he won their little pro am tournament. So, but uh so back to NFL talk. Uh, got DeAndre Hopkins being suspended last week for six games for violating the PED policy. Um, it was a little strange considering he tested negative October of last year, uh, sometime around that time frame. Or, I'm sorry, tested positive for PEDs. 
uh, sometime around October last year, but then his, the following tests were all negative. So I believe he is appealing this decision, but it's just a strange little outtake there. So, Well, he really should have been suspended right off the bat. I mean, why do you let him determine the results of the NFL season for every game after? Right. I mean, it should already be in the past. He should have sat out the final six games of the season or whenever they detected it and start fresh 2023. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why this is all coming out now. Um or came out last week, you know, during the draft or right after the draft, which probably led to the Cardinals making that trade. Uh, it definitely made more sense now. Oh, not yeah. being suspended. Yeah. They had to have known. I mean, and they kept that trade on the hush. Uh, you know, the Ravens did and the Cardinals did. And I saw that, you know, if either side broke news of that trade, that the deal was off and there was no second thoughts. Uh, so maybe, that was in part due to the news with DeAndre Hopkins bound to drop soon. Um, yep. But I don't know. It's definitely interesting timing that it didn't come out until not only after the season, but after the draft and after the start of free agency, because a lot of teams um, you know, might have altered their strategy, or, and the Cardinals might have as well. You know, looking at him, he might be a, uh, a late-round pickup in fantasy football, considering he has some mishaps this season. Or a third of the season, so. Yeah, he also had some injuries last year that, I mean, the Cardinals were red hot. They, I think they were one of the only undefeated teams last season. And then D-Hop gets injured, and that offense uh, pretty much just fades away. And, and that's how, that was pretty much all she wrote uh, for the Cardinals for that season. Yeah, and I managed to trade for D-Hop, you know, right before he got injured. So, there's that. I won't be making any, any more trades like that, so. Yeah, I was just shocked that it came out six months later. I'm not really sure what uh, you know, what that was all about. So, but uh, another little NFL topic we could touch on would be Mr. Baker Mayfield. Some might say my lookalike. Uh, definitely not lookalike on his statue that he got at Oklahoma because that was a disgrace to the to that man. I name. think the statue looked more like you. He <laughs> did. Good looking statue, I can tell you that. But it did not look like Baker Mayfield. Oh, uh, what? Where do y'all see Baker Mayfield landing? You think he stays a backup to Mister Deshaun until he gets in trouble again with the massage parlors, or do you think he's done with the Browns? Uh, definitely done with the Browns, but I could see him going to Mister Deshaun's former residence in Houston. He'd be a fan favorite over there, uh, being from Texas, uh, being a Texas high school player. I think they would forgive him for going up to Oklahoma for a few years if he could bring back some wins to that Houston franchise. But also, I could see him going to the New York Giants. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The New York Giants aren't sold on Daniel Jones being the quarterback of the future. And honestly, that would be a fun quarterback battle to watch out uh, for this year. But even if you gave Baker a year to just heal that shoulder, I mean, he is coming off of surgery. So that's playing into part of his trade value. But if you just told him, look, get that shoulder right. And of course, we're going to do our due diligence with the draft and with free agency after the season. But here's the keys to the franchise um, next year. You know, I mean, the talent's there um, where he at least deserves a look. I mean, he was a top 15 quarterback just two seasons ago. Yeah. And I think last season was a lot due to the injury that he played through. Um, but I like your take on him going to the Giants because, like you said, obviously the Giants 
don't believe Daniel Jones is the future. Um, they did not pick up his fifth-year option. He has not really proved that he would be the future. Uh, so it definitely would be an interesting battle there. Well, I thought for sure Seattle would be in play with only Drew Locke and Geno Smith being the, the quarterbacks since, you know, they did their due diligence uh, with Russell Wilson. But they, I thought for sure that they would pick up a quarterback in the draft. They didn't. So it's, it's very interesting what Pete Carroll and the staff are going to be doing this season. I don't know. It's not looking good uh, if you're a Seattle fan. Uh, so I, I agree with Wade. I could see him going to the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones obviously not signed the fifth-year option, but I just don't see a team this year picking him up. So he might be a free agent this whole entire season if there were to happen. Yeah, I like the Seattle pick. That's actually who I have noted down on my notes as uh, who I would like to see him go to. Because, um, I mean, you got Drew Locke, Geno Smith. Geno Smith has just bounced around the league. He's a pretty good backup quarterback. He can come in and get you a win when needed. Um, I think you need somebody, if I'm Seattle, that's got a proven history of starting in the NFL. Maybe what Baker needs is a different type of offense. Um, You know, he would be throwing a DK Metcalf and Drew Lockett, which Lockett's a big deep threat, and Metcalf pretty much catches everything. Um, You know, when he was at Cleveland, yeah, he had Odell and Jarvis, but he never really had, like, a star wide receiver. Um, I think you go somewhere like Seattle where you've got DK Metcalf um, as a one of the probably top 15 wide receivers in the NFL. It's probably going to change his career a little bit. And you've got Pete Carroll, who is a good coach. I mean, Baker had so many coaches in Cleveland. Never really had a system to get used to. So, uh, I don't know. I'd like, to, I'd like to see him go to Seattle, but the New York would definitely be an interesting spot for him to land at. Yeah, for sure. But I think that won't be till next year for where to happen. Yeah, I think, like Wade said, with the injury, I don't know the extent of his rehab if, or if he'd even be healthy enough to play this year. Um, shifting still at football, but down a level to the NCAA, uh, let's talk about some, some NIL news. Uh, before the show, I read on ESPN's website that they met today and made some changes uh, with boosters contacting recruits for NIL. Um, now, the, the boosters... I think it was an unwritten rule that you shouldn't contact them before they commit anywhere and try to persuade their decision, offer them any cash. Uh, but they made that official. The boosters, no contact to the to pre-commitments. Um, they're launching an investigation to find anything. If that's happened, which you know the NCAA will probably find something in like six years, and that recruit will no longer even be in college. But, uh, you know, NIL has been crazy lately, so I wanted to get y'all's takes on what's going on and maybe how they can structure it a little bit better. I mean, the talks, yeah. I mean, I agree that the players, you know, should have every right to get paid, but I think it's just been taken way too far. It's pretty much becoming like an auction house, especially in the transfer portal and recruiting. You pretty much can can buy a player. Pretty much that's how it feels like. I mean, you could just look at Kayshawn Boutte. It feels like like schools like Texas A&M and Alabama were trying to offer him better NIL deals. And then he gets, uh, you know, the big G to, to get him another Gordon. Yeah. To get another deal of Gordon. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm really not a fan of how this is uh, turning out and it's good that the NCAA is starting to, to really meet up, but knowing the NCAA, I don't think anything's going to be getting done. Yeah. It- yeah. Go ahead, I just Wade. don't see how they can control it at this point. I mean, the cat's out the bag. You've seen the extremes. 
it's going to be very hard to reel it back in. I mean, how are you going to tell people they can't do what they've already done um, to this point? And if anything, you're just going to have public NIL and private NIL where you don't hear about it, but it's still happening, which is essentially what they were trying to get rid of uh, when they started allowing players to players to be paid um, for their play indirectly. I mean, you can call it name image likeliness, but you knew that people were going to find a way to really just turn that into paying players for suiting up for their football team. Yeah. And like I saw one last week, a player for the university of Texas signed a deal with Lamborghini. No college player should be driving a Lamborghini around a, a college campus, especially Austin at that point. I mean, that's a, that's a tiny city. You know, somebody's going to door ding that car, sit on, he's going to come out from class. He's going to have scratches on it, busted windshield or something. Like I thought that was a little crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, we always knew they, uh, you get recruited, you show up to, at the local Dodge dealership, get you a Challenger or a Charger, whatever you want to drive, and that's what you got. And you just happened, your mama happened to pay for it with, uh, you know, right, be- right before you got to college, she won the lottery or something. Uh, but it's just that it's blown out of proportion now, like you were saying, way to where you can't really dial it back. Well, and I think another side of it that not a ton of people talk about is that this is the first time where the boosters have been able to like get their name out there for paying the players. I mean, a guy like Gordon McKernan or Todd Graves, I mean, they're putting money into LSU football. Now, whether it was done directly to players or just to the university fund, we, we won't know. And honestly, as LSU fans, we would rather not know because we won our national championship before this all was legal. Um, but those guys are going to put that money in regardless. We know but how awesome is it for Wade them? Stuff, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but Will Wade, he was new to the game, and he, he was getting guys that weren't used to donating money. So that's the difference. But these big-time like LSU boosters, now they can you know, do what they've been doing but also get advertising off it. So, yeah, the Lamborghini dealer, I mean, now his dealership is being talked about by three guys and – Louisiana and Houston. With, so, with I mean, millions it of listening, listeners. Like, yes, what, millions of people listening yeah. to this very stream. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, I watched, you know, an uh, interview with Brian Kelly, and we briefly talked about this. Um, he talks about you recruit a player to come to college. Now, granted, you always, you know, want to keep your player involved. There's always that option of them transferring. But now you're having to re-recruit them constantly because some other school, uh, if you know, maybe he's not getting the playing time he wants, he could just jump ship. Especially with the transfer portal rules now, that school could just basically pay him to transfer. Um, and schools big enough like Alabama and A and M, with the NIL backing that they have, they just throw throw money at these players. And as a school like LSU, who is kind of I guess you could say behind the ball or behind the curve on the NIL deals, it also hurts the recruiting because you're not going to play for the repertoire and history of LSU football. You're going to play for whoever pays you the most money. It's I mean, no longer college football. Yeah, I think the number one recruit in the 2022 class actually went to Jackson State. Uh, right. Go to Deion Sanders. I mean, all Deion Sanders like, oh, we didn't give him NIL money. But, I mean, nothing against Jackson State. I mean, there were some, I think, Sort of bar- it was obviously bar- Sanders, I mean, it's it's a big time player. You want to play under him, but right. I think there's something going on under that too. 
Yeah, when you've got a full ride to Jackson State and a full ride to Alabama, like, you know, there was rumors of Barstool Sports coming in there and dropping some money. Uh, the numbers I heard were upwards towards a million dollars. I mean, as an 18-year-old, coming, you know, put yourself, even if you came from a good background, uh, or if you come from like a low-income family, a million dollars to go play college football? I'm going wherever they, whoever gives me that. Yeah, I don't care I if we're playing for my high school sport so soon if NIL was around. Yeah, and, I don't and... care if it's the Marshall Thunder and Herd paying me a million dollars. I'm going to play for Marshall. Like, it's just, uh, it's him from a standpoint, he gets a million dollars. He doesn't have to go play in the SEC. He could uh, dilly dally around and Jack at Jackson State, which is what, a, a Division two school? Yeah. They're Division one, but they're, they're FCS. FCS. Right, so where you don't have to pe- play as hard of uh, opponents, and you stand out that much more, and you get to drive your Lamborghini around campus. Now, I don't know you if I'd be driving around Jackson, Jackson, but road. yeah, with the potholes, uh, I don't there's know about all, all that. There's, every, there's like 100 potholes on every road. We just need to get Liz to be really good friends with this man, <laughs> now that he's so rich and living yes. in Jackson. Maybe Liz could give him uh give us some veneers or something after she finishes yeah, out of dental school. She could do a custom grill. Yeah, <laughs> she could sponsor him. The NIL deal with her with her dentistry office. Oh um, good idea. But you know, there's there's things speaking of driving cars around in Jackson, I guess we could kind of throw some shade at the former LSU cornerback Eli Ricks, who's now oh, an Alabama trainer. It was uh, right outside of Jackson. Yes, he uh he was busted. Uh, for driving with, uh, I believe, the the Mary Jane in the car. Uh, and also, no car insurance. So he needs an all-state NIL deal. Like, know. come I mean, on, Nick man. Saban is really prime to that. He's in every all-state commercial that comes on. Wait, is it? A, no, Aflac. 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 You would Aflac. think Aflac. Nick Saban being the Aflac uh, correspondent and also Deion Sanders, Aflac, uh, correspondent, you would think that they would have their players locked up with some car insurance. I mean, how do you get one pulled over for driving around with marijuana, which all a lot of around college campuses understand it. It kind of sucks in that case, but you got to probably think, would have gotten away with that. You know? Yeah, right. I, yeah, you got to think you're a big time recruit, big time transfer, like. Yeah, you know, he might just give him a warning, whatever. But, like, dude, don't be stupid enough to, one, drive around with it, and, two, not have car insurance. Like, car insurance isn't that expensive. I pay $140 a month for my car insurance, and I don't get million-dollar NIL deals. Like, I'm glad he left LSU now. I mean, I was a little pissed when he did it, transferring to Alabama, but go ahead, just take take that to, to Tuscaloosa, like, I haven't seen Nick Saban say anything about it. A lot of people are saying, oh, he's not going to play this year because of the driving around with drugs. If I'm Nick Saban, I'm making him run stadiums like and then that, making him call every well, car insurance place in Tuscaloosa to get a policy. In the past, I've seen like Saban like, suspend them for a game, like their home opener, but their home opener is always some like cupcake. It's either like Miami, right. USC. It's not really anyone to really, really fond about. You know, it, it another college athlete screw up I saw Chris Rodriguez Jr. from Kentucky got arrested for a DUI like it's terrible to see these these kids they've got such high expectations and so much potential 
to, to do something like that. Like, you know, don't drink and drive. Call an Uber. I'm sure he's got NIL money, too. Call up an Uber. Like, it goes back to Henry Ruggs last summer. Get in that awful car accident. Uh, driving drunk. Like, dude, you're an NFL player. It, it, your friends, it, my standpoint of that is your friends shouldn't allow you to drive like that. Uh, you know, you would hope they would surround themselves with somebody that would at least call them an Uber in that case. But uh, it's just, it's a sad thing to see which, which some of these athletes, you know, they make poor decisions like this. So I think that's, uh, you know, it's a terrible topic, but some of these coaches, they got to get in there and, and get with these kids. So, but uh, kind of circling it back to NIL, uh, one thing I was thinking of some changes did shout out to my, my uncle Dave. We had a, a 25 minute conversation on my birthday last week uh, when he called me about the show. He likes the show. He says the two of y'all are sports experts. So I, I just facilitate the conversation. We have another show as well. You can tune into that. Yes. <laughs> SEC talk on Facebook. Uh, really we'll give Chris up. Rodriguez a week suspension from our SEC fantasy for his off the field actions. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that starts up uh, during college football season. So we'll check those, uh, these two guys out. I uh, sometimes in the, in the guest picker, for the show, the upset specialist, um, but, chaos creator, one time, yes, the chaos creator. But uh, so, what we discussed was the possibility of setting. You know, they're going to have to put some sort of cap on the nil money you can get because that's really the only way to control it. Um, and with these recruits coming in from high school, possibly setting a base pay per your star. Like if you're a three star, you get X amount. Four star this, five star that, because you've got five star players coming in making more money than the current starters on the team. Talk about like a locker room cancer. So I wanted to get y'all's take on possibly setting like a, a cap per your star in high school. Yeah, I definitely think that that could be possible. Just another thing that I hate about NIL, like before NIL, a lot of the recruits, you know. You know, we're saying like, yeah, I'm going to the school, you know, I love this school. And now it's like, I'm going to the school, you know, whatever gets me the most money. That That's what I just hate about this, you know, the, the opt-outs and I'm going to transfer to one school to, to just make more money. I just feel like just just the society of this, the players and the upcoming players uh, in the recruiting classes that I, I, I just don't know. I feel like it's, it's just going to ruin college sports. And I feel like a lot of people are just going to have enough of it. Yeah, there's no sense of pride in playing for your school yeah. right now. So, but it's yeah, not... I think it's got to just be structured in some way that's tied to either rankings or uh, year in school classification. Um, but you know, also these guys are putting themselves out there and making the most of. Uh, for some of them, it's the most profitable time of their life, so uh, they have to take advantage of that. They're putting their yep. bodies on the line, but I do think that um as a whole it's been a more about um you know the players are more about themselves than the team and that's the part that I don't like I mean if you want to make a lot of money on the side and you want to take time to do commercials and appearances and sign things you know then that's great I mean that's capitalism but also these boosters and students want to go to football games to represent their school and ultimately they're representing a university and a university that's logo and opportunity 
put them in a chance to make money. So they kind of got to keep that in perspective um, and still do the job at hand, you know, and be a football player first and, um, you know, a student, be a student athlete first and foremost. Yeah. And I want to say, I think I speak for all of us when I say this, we are all for NIL, especially the players making a profit profit uh, because we, we've got friends who played football and any other sports in college. Like, they work hard. They definitely deserve – they don't have time for a job, especially some of them that aren't on scholarships. you got to study all day or all night. You go to practice, you go to class, everything. They definitely deserve uh, some money for what they're doing. Now, it's just – the thing I don't like about it is the, how it plays into transfer portals and kind of how it's handled. I think the NCAA rushed out without any sort of structure, and that's kind of what why it's killing college athletics right now. So – uh, we'll shift gears from college athletics uh, to the NBA. We had a little altercation last night between a young Dallas Mavericks fan and uh, the family of Mr. Chris Paul. The I haven't seen any video of what happened. All I saw was the fan being uh, escorted from the game. Now, this reminds me of a little malice in the palace deal. I did see Chris Paul being very verbal towards this, this young man. And if he wasn't lucky, he was going to catch a right hook right to the face. So, I mean, the these fans need to learn. You're sitting courtside. It is an honor to be able to be at this game and watch these guys play. I Leave their families alone. When, when Tyler and I had the privilege of sitting courtside at the Pelicans game, you can bet I was not bad-mouthing Nikola Jokic on the court because he, he, he would have came out of nowhere. I, I just I can't believe that, that somebody would say that to – to Chris Paul's family and just like cause something like this in the middle of a playoff game too. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of antics uh, like on the courts, you know, between the the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies game and the the protests there. Then now to yep. this, I, I just feel like the security at these NBA games aren't. I don't know if they're are they good enough? Do they need to hire like hire like the dang like FBI to come like over here? Secret Service out here. Yeah, I feel like. There's just too many altercations that's uh that's ruining you know what if you're like standing by that and just ruins your entire night. Well, it's the only sport that doesn't put a wall between you and the playing surface, oh. so that will probably soon disappear. I mean, it it's just leading to too many issues, and obviously it can't be controlled. And you would think if someone's spending good money, they would have respect for the sport, but the NBA is a lot about just status and being there and it's like entertainment and um some of these fans and celebrities and protesters think they're just a part of the act yeah it's uh i think what it's gonna take i've noticed it this entire season uh yeah it's one thing to trash talk a player you're a fan they're a player you know you don't like their team uh but it's gotten a little personal lately uh especially with russell westbrook uh, things that were said to him, you know, everybody yells stuff at LeBron. He's LeBron that comes with status. Uh, but I think for it to stop, it's going to take one of these players to pop off and smack somebody. And I promise you, there's not going to be anything said after that. Like, <laughs> if, if uh, granted, uh, Chris Paul probably did a good job restraining himself. But if it would have been a grown man that would have pushed his mom, if it was me, that man would have been he, he would have been walking out of that arena because your boy would have come unglued, especially with just the adrenaline pumping in a playoff game. Like I'm surprised that he, he was able to restrain himself with that. 
Yeah, so definitely got to give credit to him because I, I feel like I wouldn't have not handled that situation as good as he would have. Yeah, I mean, pushed his mom, yelling at his wife, like, dude, you're like, the kid was like 14 years old. I mean, that's more on the parents. Like, raise that kid with some respect for just human beings in general. I saw that, and I was, I was shocked. Like, we don't know the whole story. Yeah, you got to give uh, hear both sides of the story, but just from an outside perspective looking in, these yeah. fans need to chill with the players. Well, we know especially this families. will be the last time those fans get to sit courtside, that's for sure, or even step a foot in that arena. Yeah. You know, speaking of the Suns and the Mavs, the uh, the Mavs came back, won the two games in Dallas, tied up that series. So I know they got, I believe they're in Phoenix tomorrow night. Yep. Um, it's shaping up. The, the one seed in the West is having a little trouble with these games. Yeah, yeah. you called it last week during our NBA preview. Yeah. So uh, it's... Yeah, the first two games, really, the Suns dominated, and it's been pretty much a flip of the script. I thought it was just going to be a Suns runaway. I mean, I thought that the the Suns uh, going into the series obviously retired Chris Paul pretty much, you know, playing six games in New Orleans, which was really unexpected. No one really predicted yeah. the Pelicans to go six. But, yeah, if the, the way that Luka Doncic has been playing in this series and the way that they've really uh, been shutting down Chris Paul in the game in the, in the game so far, uh, I don't know. This could be an interesting series. I, I said uh, in last week's preview that this is going to go to seven. I still firmly believe that that's going to happen as well. I think uh, Phoenix will probably win tomorrow. Uh, at their home court, but I think Dallas will even it up, and then ultimately the Suns will win it on their home court in Game 7. Yeah, you know, it's crazy how good of a player Luka Doncic is. He's that team. Uh, I mean, they don't have much help. And so I think uh, depending on how this the, the postseason plays out, they sign a big guy in the offseason, big name. He, the, the Mavs are going to be a problem for – a lot of years to come. Um, the other team in the West, we got the the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Golden State's up two to one. Um, they play tonight. Is is Ja playing tonight? No, Tony? he's out. He's out uh, tonight. Though, uh, if I'm a Grizzlies fan, I'm not really too concerned. They're twenty and five without him. But this is a different Warriors team that they're playing. I mean, they just put up 142 uh, on Memphis in the previous game. I don't know. I'm not really feeling good about uh, the Grizzlies now because if I think this is a must win for sure, you can't go down three to one uh, to this Golden State team. You know, with their big three of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. I mean, you also have Jordan Poole coming off the bench. So I feel like this has just been a real good series. Uh, really, three good games, but I feel like uh, it's starting to turn towards the Warriors' favor. Yeah, and I hate to see the way Ja went out with uh, his knee being grabbed and. Uh controversy of that i think um, it was just all unintentional yeah i think it was just a fast bang bang play he was trying to get to steal the ball from him. i really didn't see anything yeah and it i love seeing job play he's just a he, he's the next superstar of the nba he makes these these guys like him and luca um they they really you know bring some some fire to the nba uh going on to the east uh, Eastern Conference. We've got the Bucks and Celtics are tied up right now in the fourth quarter at the time of this recording. Bucks are up uh, two to one. Tyler, your Bucks are. You know, I thought they were going to run away with this thing, but we'll see. What do you? What, what's your take on that? No, I expect it to be a, a really good series. Uh, at the time of the recording, uh, we were only looking at one game. The Bucks absolutely destroyed the Celtics, and guess what happened? The second game, the Celtics destroyed the Bucks. So I mean, the flip of the script. Much been, a flip of the script in, the, in this too. So 
Uh, it's going to be interesting with 939 to play. It's tied up at 81. I feel like if the Bucks win this one, they ultimately win the series. But if the, Celt- they, the Celtics need this game. Obviously, no team wants to go down 3-1 in the playoffs. I, we've seen comebacks uh, every once in a while in the NBA playoffs. So, uh, I think it's going to really be a really good series. I think ultimately go six or seven, but I still believe in the Bucks uh, to to finish this out. Yeah, and the last last ga- uh, game we've got the Seventy Sixers and the Heat. James Harden awoken. Must have hit the treadmill la- uh, he yesterday. Must have heard morning. us uh, last. He must have yeah. watched our podcast, giving some motivation. You know, must have lost lost his off season weight, and he he looked like the old James Harden. So. That's that's definitely a good series tied at two apiece. I'm interested to see what comes out of there. Uh, so, going to our next sport with our scramble, we've got the MLB uh, announcing today. You know, there's a lot of baseball going on. We don't always follow the games. I know the two guys here, big Braves fans. I'm just a baseball fan myself. Uh, we're not going to touch on fantasy baseball unless Blade wants to bring it up. I got absolutely schlocked. I'll week. give you the week off. I'll give you the week hey, off. Come back next week. Maybe you'll get on the winning side. Then. I am losing 13 to negative 5 right now, so I don't have much room to talk. Yeah, I, I haven't mastered the fantasy baseball. It is um, a long season, for sure. Yeah, yes. I mean, season goes, I think, till like early September, then the playoffs will be mid-September. So it kind of goes like in between of whenever fantasy football starts. So that's... That's going to be, if I make the playoffs, uh, someone is probably going to knock me out anyways, but I really don't care. I'm going to go towards the the league that's going to win me the money. Yes, yes. Uh, But the MLB announcing today, they have uh, signed some deals to have a few international games uh, next year in London. They'll also be hosting a home run derby across the pond in the Big Bend country. So, uh... What do you what do you takes as a player? Are, would you be excited to go play overseas, or is it just too much change to your normalcy during the season, interrupting your routine? I think just for the new experiences, yeah. I mean, if you haven't really experienced a place like London, I mean, a lot of these players have probably only been around uh, America for playing, you know, 162 games. So, I think I think I like the international games better for the MLB since there are just so many home games. The NFL is different. I mean, they're taking away like one of their few. Uh, I think it's like nine total home games. So uh, I don't really like uh, taking it away, and I feel like the attendance at you know these football games and MLB MLB games I think are way better in attendance. I think the games in Mexico have pretty much been sold out. We'll see how – I think the London series was sold out as well, and then the series uh, in, in Japan was also sold out as well. So I feel like the popularity of the international games in MLB is definitely more popular than NFL right now. So if I was a player, I definitely would have been excited to, to go around the world and experience some new places. Well, baseball is just an international sport. I mean, there's a lot of players from – South America and Central America, as well as some of the islands, not necessarily from London, but um, I'm sure it has a decent following uh, over there. And um, I think it's good for the sport. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of a lot of games to be played. Uh, so I think it's a little bit more reasonable and doable uh, to make the international games happen. I've always kind of felt like football is a little bit of a stretch. Um but uh, I think for baseball, it's a nice effort. Um, I, I like the Field of Dreams. I like the yeah. Little League World Series game that they've been doing. They also did an Omaha game a couple of years ago as well. Yeah, the Omaha game. 
Yeah, I really, really um, like the Field stuff. of Dreams one. That was that was something was. cool to see. It was uh, an right insane a... game too. Tim Anderson hit a walk off home run. Yeah, you couldn't have asked for a better game uh, for that for, for that scenario. Uh, so staying on the baseball talk, I know we've got. We'll let Tyler talk about this. There's some talks with uh, him and Futch maybe making a trip up to catch a Braves game this weekend. Yep. Has, he, has he flaked out on you, or are y'all making a trip to Atlanta? No, we're leaving tomorrow morning and heading up there uh, to nice. the ATL. Uh, it'll be Red Sox uh, and the Braves. I think Whitlock, Garrett Whitlock is on the mound for the Sox, and uh, the Braves will be rolling out with Kyle Wright. Both have really had some phenomenal starts. I think both have a – a 1.3 ERA, and I think both are three and one on the season. So it should probably tend to be no more offense of a, for you. <laughs> no offense, probably uh, for me. But yeah, the Red Sox uh, have been off to a sluggish start. I think they're dead last right now in the NL East uh, with with ten wins. Their offense has been off to a slow pace, which really surprised me. You know, the addition of Trevor Story, I thought the offense was going to shine more than it did, and. And uh, so we'll see. Hey, yeah, you say that, and then Mr. Story is going to hit. Yeah, two balls I'm just giving tomorrow. that man more motivation to hit a bomb <laughs> where I'll be sitting. Is yeah, pitching yeah. for Atlanta? Kyle, uh, right? Kyle Wright will be pitching. Oh, for that's going to be a treat. You're going to see a lot of curveballs. Well, we know why Fletch had to work tonight so he could make that extra money for the Magic City Club after the game. So, <laughs> trying to get yeah, y'all are going to be. Yeah, I'm gonna be there all week. He's got the yeah. weekly pass. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, I think last. I think he went to the to the national series. I think it was like the Home Depot game, and he got like free tickets for him because he worked there. So, oh my god, y'all can sit in the Home Depot deck. It's the fourth story thing, right above the left field foul pit, uh, post. I think we're sitting in the Hank Aaron Terrace, actually. Okay, there that's you go. Okay. Well, look at that. Wade had a connection with Hank Aaron last weekend, and now you're over there. Sports Scramble is so, all about baseball history. I'll try to give a little uh, little bit of uh, you know my recap from that trip. On yeah, yes, let's need uh, to bring stories. We need, a, we need a picture of the two of y'all uh, at the game. <laughs> we can post to the Twitter account. Uh, so, I'll, I'll definitely try to remember and do that for sure. Yeah, it, it's speaking of Home Depot and – and bringing the hammer and the nail. We got to talk about the NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs. These teams bring it. I mean, playoff hockey. Hammer to the nail. Hammer to the nail. Playoff hockey has got to be one of the most intense sports I've ever witnessed. And since none of us watch hockey, and Tyler's the only one with somewhat of a following, he's going to give us the recap of uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs so far. Well, yeah, there's definitely been a lot of actions here in this Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't think I've ever seen more goals scored in the playoff uh, playoff games, and I feel like this is the offenses have really taken off. Uh, Obviously, going into the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, the Florida Panthers were the favorite in the East, and the Colorado Avalanche were the favorite. Uh, in the West, but right now there's uh, two games uh, going on right now. The Panthers and the Capitals are on Game Four right now. That that is tied two to two. The Capitals are actually leading that series two to one. So that would be huge uh, for the Caps uh, to get that one. The Florida Panthers, you know, that was a team growing up. That was the team that was always at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, and now uh, they really picked it up. But I mean, Alex Ovechkin has just been taken over uh, for the Washington Capitals, and that's how they have really been shining throughout this whole entire playoff run. Another game that I went final, I'm a Penguins fan, so I'm happy with this score. Uh, 7-2 to over the Rangers, absolute dominating. 7-2. to Yeah, 7-2. to I mean, there's been a lot of games. Uh, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, their first game, they put up uh, – I think they put up like five goals in the first period and seven total. Uh, so – 
There's been a couple of series. Uh, there's a couple of series that are tied right now. Uh, Carolina, Boston. That's really been a really fantastic series. I think in the end, though, Carolina, the favorite in that series, uh, will win that one. Uh, Minnesota and St. Louis. That one is tied at two. Toronto and Tampa Bay is tied at two. So Tampa Bay, they are the back-to-back uh, Stanley Cup champion uh, right now. So, but I think. Uh, that's going to be another interesting series to watch. I know a team that Wade is probably the most familiar with, the Dallas Stars. They're up 2-1 to one in their series. So I, this has really been always like a playoff hockey uh, watching it. So it's going to be interesting to watch uh, these first round of games, and I'm definitely looking forward to when uh, we get to Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals between all these uh, terrific teams. So, uh, I'm not really going to give any two predictions. I think it's a little bit too early on that. I'm going to let uh, the first round action, and then I'll have my predictions uh, after that. I've always liked catching the the hockey highlights the next day with just the brawls you see on the ice. Yeah. It's hard enough to fight another athlete, considering what, <laughs> with how athletic they are. But on skates, like I can't even stand up on skates myself. <laughs> and I know Wade can't because I've seen it. Uh, it's, what? It's, You've never I, seen me ice skate. <laughs> I've seen you roller skate. It wasn't a pretty sight. You looked like yeah. Bambi with a deer in headlights. The uh, it's no shade of weight there, but uh, the fighting somebody on skates has got to be insane. And these these dudes, like I said, hammered to the nail. Bring. I it. think the goalies, whenever they fight, that's the funniest thing because they got a lot of padding on them. They're trying to like they're they're like doing like this. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're trying to to knock each other out. And you got, I mean. You land a punch, it doesn't even do anything. I don't know. I've always enjoyed hockey with the Mississippi Seawolves. Uh, growing up, I always used to go to all those games. So I think the love of my hockey started with that team. Not for the search. Uh, the Seawolves were the peak of that team. Yeah, I went to a Seawolves game, and I saw about three fights. So I was like, okay, this sport is awesome. Oh, yep. So, I saw the national uh, anthem at one, at one of those games, evidently. You now we need recording the of national that. anthem. Yes, I did. At a, at our, a our whole entire, it was like our, I think it was like our sixth grade year. It was our whole entire class. We sung the national anthem at the Mississippi Seagulls game. I think it was like the Pensacola Ice Flyers we were playing. Listen to that, yep. folks. That we is got a, a celebrity. We the show. <laughs> Not we, yeah, we. We need that video, and that's getting posted on the sports. I don't know if page. that's on the YouTube or not. I don't know. You had to go through the. The treasure chest to see if you can find that one. What do I search? Pre-American Idol star Tyler <laughs> sings national anthem at Mississippi Seawolves game. <laughs> I mean, you can drive, but I don't know if you're going to find it. Well, if anybody finds that, you're going to have to send that our way. Um, shifting gears, literally, we had our NASCAR correspondent Neil drop good at with, transitions. Thank you. Drop me with a uh, a bit of knowledge because uh, we we got some input from Neil and Chu that they wanted to hear our, our takes on NASCAR. So, quoting Neil, so I asked him, "What's the inside scoop? Next week's going to be boring. Going to Kansas, which doesn't provide much action, a basic one and a half mile race. So there you go for this week at NASCAR, <laughs> one and a half mile track." Yeah, one and a half miles. Okay, well, he did not specify that. One and a half <laughs> oh, mile track, Neil. so that's pretty short. Um, there's were some drama in last week's race. Uh, when Brad K, whoever that is, Brad Keselowski, Keselowski. Oh, that's Chew's guy. Chew's a big fan of him. Yep, I'm a big fan blew, of him too. Blew a tire, a lap down, and wrecked, wrecked Kyle Busch, who was running in the front all day. And then 
Joey Logano, after wrecking William Byron with two to go, which Neil added, Joey did not need to because he had the faster car and was driving clean, but he fishtailed him anyway, won the race. So shout out to Joey Logano for winning this weekend's NASCAR race and for Neil for providing us with that sports knowledge. I still need to find out what type of car he had. Was that like a Ford Chevy or what? Well, I bet you that sucker was a Chevy if he was running into people and still won. <laughs> yeah, I would probably put my money down on one of those. Logano used to drive the uh, Jacob Futch Home Depot car. Yes, he did. Yeah, maybe maybe Futch has a little bit of a connection. Futch is just a bundle of knowledge on all of these sports. I never know what's going to come out of his mouth. So I'm looking forward to having him back next week, uh, recapping him and Tyler's trip. Uh, maybe a trip to the Magic City. He could tell us how good those wings were with all that money. He was that's not sports related in our program for this show. <laughs> that's, that's, well, we might have to athletes put the explicitive on that one. Unless well, on we have athletes episode. around us, and it's not sports related. Yeah, I mean, you got people. Uh, Unless we see Luke like Williams leaving there, then it's we cannot bring it up on the show. <laughs> you got Luke Williams leaving the COVID bubble to go get bubble to go get those. That's wings. true. I mean, it, y'all might have to make a stop in there. You ought to uh, check out the College Football Hall of Fame, too, and run yes. through the drills. And give us your shuttle, uh, you know, <laughs> cone statistics. I want to I see a video. Y'all need to go to College Football Hall of Fame. They have uh, a section where you can relive sports moments, and one of them is the kick six, Alabama really? and Auburn. That's yes, cool. you, you're the announcer. It gives go you Wednesday a after the game. It gives you a script of which to so say. So I can send that to like my future like workplace and be like, "Hey, I <laughs> exactly." So I, we need a video I of that. Commentated for the kick six. It wasn't. We need. We need a Atlanta trip vlog. <laughs> an Atlanta trip vlog for the Sports Scramble Twitter page. That's what. That's what we you need. Vlog? I can vlog. From, from Futch and Tyler, we need. We I don't have to use my video. phone though. So I guess that's it's... okay. iPhones have good enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, I got an iPhone 11. It's got a good enough camera. Exactly. So, I mean, that about uh, does it for our sports talk this week. Uh, you know, we've, we uh, appreciate everybody listening in. Um, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, go. pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, you know, leave us a, a rating. Let us know what you think of the show. Maybe drop a subscription. Um, follow us on Twitter at SportsScramble4. Our, our personal Twitters are linked in the bio if you want to hit us up and see what we tweet about. Not much, just a few retweets. Honestly, mine's all sports-related, so it would just be right up to your alley. Yeah. And uh, so we'll be back uh, next week with uh, recapping this week's sports and a little look looking forward. So thank you all for joining us and listening. Everybody have a good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 